Thank you. It is a always a privilege and a pleasure to speak and to open the Word of God. Please turn in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. Galatians, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. We'll start at verse 1 and we'll read through until verse 14, but we'll be looking mainly from verse 5. Ephesians chapter 1, starting with verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made unto us known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ which are which both are which are in heaven and which are on earth even in him in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be trusted, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom also ye trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask now that as we open your word, Lord, that you might teach us, that you might instruct us, that you might show us some of the great and wonderful things that are found in your word, that, Lord, we might be found indeed to the praise of your glory. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the great wonderments that people have is about the will of God. There's a, if, you're a, if you've ever spent time with uh, people from the south of America, there's an expression that they have. You know, will you, will you be coming to this meeting or will you be there? And they will say, Lord willing, and if the creeks don't rise. Because they were the two things that they said nobody could be absolutely certain of. What was the will of God and whether or not the creeks would stay down so you could get across them? I don't know about creeks, but one of the things that is mentioned here in this, this um, first chapter of Ephesians is the will of God. 
to know and to understand and to see the will of God. In fact, in verse one, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. Interesting, he says, he, he starts off, he says, no one elected me an apostle. They didn't hold a, 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 a vote throughout the church and said, you know, we're, we're short one, we'll, we'll pick this guy and put him in. It wasn't done, they didn't advertise, they didn't set out a focus group and say, oh, we need another apostle. They didn't decide, you know, we're, we're really short here and a bit light-handed, we'll, we need this guy. No, it was done by the will of God. God decided that Paul would be an apostle. God decided when he would be an apostle and God decided how that apostleship would be conferred upon him. The word, the will of God is mentioned right through this, this first section of, of Ephesians chapter 1. And it's mentioned in three particular places. Verse 5, verse 9, and verse 11. Firstly, in verse 5, it says that we have been predestinated unto, who having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, I want you to look as we go through this, this uh, passage, we're going from the past through the present into the future. In the past, it was the good pleasure of God to predestinate us. Oh, big words, aren't they? Big complicated words. Let's, let's break it down to, to ways we can understand. It pleased God to prepare us in eternity past that we should be his children. You, you know, you have that, that, sometimes people have that mental image of God, you know, the, the, the guy with the big white beard, looks a lot like Charlton Heston, you know, that, that, that mental image we sometimes get. But one of the things we don't get, or we don't appreciate sometimes, is that, Sometimes, we're talking about God being pleased. So often we have this concept of an angry God, an unhappy God. But here we have a God who is pleased. It made God happy to prepare us to be his children. You ever thought, you know, I mean, when, when we get saved, it's so much about us, isn't it really? You know, we think, well, I'm on my way to heaven, I'm, I'm off the road to hell, I'm saved for all eternity, that's really good, and it is, and it's wonderful for us. Did we ever stop to think that that made God happy? It was the good pleasure that he had to see us saved. We're told that 
that God is not willing that any should perish. But more than that, not that he's not willing, it makes him happy to see people saved. We're told that the angels in heaven rejoice when a person is saved. When someone comes and puts their faith in Christ, it pleases all of heaven. It's a concept that sometimes we're not really that... that uh, Connected with. Heaven is a happy place. It's a happy place full of happy people who are glad to be there. And glad of the company. And glad of the postcode. You know, it, it's j just to be there. People, people think, oh, you know, oh, they, they sing about we've got a mansion over the hilltop. I don't care. I don't care about the address. I'm just happy to be in the, in the general area of heaven rather than worrying about which particular gold-lined street I'm in. No, just to be there. It pleases God. Why? Well, we're going to come to that. Because there are, two, there are something else that is mentioned here. In verse 9, that the good pleasure of his will is to the praise of the glory of his grace. We get heaven. Okay? When we get saved, we get heaven. Isn't that marvelous? Amen. That's great. You ever wondered, what does God get out of it? What does God get out of it? It says here, what God gets out of it is the praise of the glory of His grace. When God's grace is extended to us, when it's extended to the, the sinful people of this world, there is a praise to His grace. Yeah. It's not a praise to our works. It's not a praise to our intelligence. It's not a praise to our will. It's a praise to His grace. And so through the ages there will be His will and His grace being praised. Not only is it the glory of His grace... For in the next verse, we find in verse 7, the riches of His grace. The, the unbelievable value of what He's done for us. We, we have no idea. And it will take us all of eternity to get a grip of it and to understand it. How much God values our souls. How do you measure the value of something? We're talking here of the riches of His grace. How do you value something? Well, you can go out, you know, if you, let's say you've got a house and, and you know, you, you want to know how much your house is worth. You can go and get a sworn value and they'll come and they'll measure it and they'll do all this sort of stuff. But you know there's only one real value to your house? It's what someone's willing to pay for it. Yeah. 
That's the value of your house. That's the only real value of anything, is what someone is willing to pay for it. So what's the value of a soul? It's what someone is willing to pay for it. The scripture says that what should a man give in exchange for his soul? That a man would be a fool if he exchanged the whole world for his soul. Yet God gave his son for our souls. That Jesus gave his life for our souls. That's how valuable a soul is. Our souls are so valuable and so important. And this now is just hidden from so many people. And in verse 9 it says that it's been known unto us, it's been made known unto us. And it's been made unto know, unto, known unto us as the mystery of his will. You know something? If you got you, do you want to hear the rest of this sermon? You want to hear the rest of this sermon? Yeah? I'm going to give you just a little bit because then we're going to have something we're going to have a special. You're going to have someone else come as well. We talked about the good pleasure of his will, that the mystery of his will is made known to us today. But now in verse 11 we find he works things after the counsel of his own will. We, we notice that it pleased God to make him to make us saved. It pleased God to reach us. No one else asked, no one asked him how to do it. The counsel of his own will. God keeps his own counsel. God doesn't ask other people's opinion. We mentioned, you know, they didn't hold a focus group meeting to decide whether they needed to make Paul an apostle. God didn't poll the angels to decide how mankind was going to be saved. God didn't take a vote amongst spiritual beings on how he would deal with the problem of our sin. That was done by the counsel of his own will. He said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to deal with the problem of man's sin because he can't deal with it himself. So we have been predestinated, we have been drawn and brought to him after the counsel of his own will. Why? In verse 12, that we should be for the praise of his glory. That's it. The praise of his glory. How important is the praise of God's glory? I'll tell you how important it is. That in verse 14, he says it again. That we should be redeemed. We should be the purchased possession of God. Why? For the praise of His glory. There is nothing more important to God than the praise of His glory. 
Glory is a, a word that gets thrown around a bit. Gets messed up a bit occasionally. But it's a word that is so important to God. Because God says of his glory that he will not share it with anyone else. That's how important God's glory is to him. He said, I won't share it. Not with the angels in heaven, not, not, in the demon, not with the demons in hell, and not with mankind upon the earth. He will not share his glory with another. It is his and his alone. And our duty, our job, is the praise of his glory. And how do we praise his glory? The first way we praise his glory is by getting saved. That's how you praise his glory is by getting saved, by accepting Christ as your Savior, you praise His glory. You play, praise His glory. You please His will. You show the riches of His grace. You explain the mystery of His will. And you demonstrate the wisdom of the counsel of His will when you get saved. There is nothing more important to God than your soul. Nothing is more blessed in the world to praise God than getting saved. There is nothing more wonderful. There is nothing more pleasing to the, to the heavens above or the earth below than to see souls saved. It is the pleasure of His will. It is the mystery of His will. It is the counsel of His will. And it is to the everlasting praise of His glory that souls should be saved. Amen. Amen. And now, that was the warm-up. <laughs> that, that, that was the support act. We've got the main act here. Brother Eddie, please, come. Preach to us.